0: If you could turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1, we'll just be reading one verse. And the word says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And for the next few minutes, I'd like to preach to you on the thought or on the question what is a Pentecostal church? We call ourselves the Pentecostals of Central Coast. So what is a Pentecostal church? Well, Pentecostalism is no longer a new thing. Uh, once upon a time, when you mentioned the word Pentecostal, you'd be great, greeted with a blank stare. I remember when I first moved to Australia 14 years ago and I uh, was working for uh, the church I'm still working at, Pentecostals of Sydney. And I would tell people, you know, uh, they'd ask me what's the name of the company, I'd say Pentecostal, so saying they're say, like, Pentecostal, what, what is that? What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, but as the years have progressed, more and more people have come to know or think they know what Pentecostal means. By now there's over 6, 644 million people around the world that identify as Pentecostal or charismatic. Most people have an idea of what they think a Pentecostal is. Typically, Pentecostalism is identified with its most famous preachers like T.D. Jakes. If you've heard T.D. Jakes, he's a Pentecostal preacher. It's popular writers like Smith Wigglesworth or its largest churches in the West, uh, especially here in Australia, Hillsong, or even the Potter's House, which is T.D. Jakes' church. Hollywood has even taken a crack at portraying a Pentecostal service, and, and it's always quite outlandish and very loud, and, And and they do their best to try and show uh, what a Pentecostal service is like. But the simplest definition of Pentecostal is that these adherents believe that what took place on the day of Pentecost, as recorded in the book of Acts, is still available for the church today. But when we say that we are a Pentecostal church, what does that mean? What does that mean when we say other people can define it. Other people can say what it is. But what are we talking about when we say that we are a Pentecostal church? Well, I think the best way to answer that question is to show you in Scripture. This is a church that will always start with Scripture. We will always start with the Word of God. When we're talking about a subject, when we're talking about something, we're going to start with Scripture. And, and that is what we are most interested in. We're most interested in what does God's word say, not what does Greg's word say, no, not what does this smart person's word say, no. We're interested in what God's word says, amen? Because we believe what the Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to Timothy, he said this, he said that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The prophet Isaiah had this to say about the word of God. He said, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Away so we are not interested in what some preacher says we're not interested in what some theological textbook says we're we're not even interested in what some church creed might say but we are interested in what does the word of God say what does the Bible say amen what does the Bible say what did Jesus teach what did the apostles actually do that is what we are interested so let's take a look at the book of acts here today or another name for it is the acts of the apostles that's why it's called acts it's talking about the acts of the apostles what the apostles did the beginning of the church and this this book was written by luke the physician and it chronicles the beginning of the christian church it's it's actually the sequel of of the first book which is the book of luke the gospel of luke so it's one right after another he writes the book of luke and then that uh, continues on into the book of acts And Luke concludes his gospel. He concludes the book of Luke by writing about Jesus appearing to his disciples after his resurrection. And listen to what he tells them. He says, and behold, this is Jesus. Behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Luke retells this moment between Jesus and his disciples to start his second book, to start the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And this time, he provides just a little bit more detail. He doesn't just talk about the promise of the Father, but he goes into a little bit more detail about what it's about. And that's found in Acts chapter 1, verses 5 and 8. He said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus saying, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remote part of the earth. So Jesus himself said, he said that there was going to be a baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, John baptized uh, with water, but there is going to be a baptism of the Holy Spirit that's going to take place. When I leave And so Jesus told them He said stay Wait in Jerusalem wait in, the, uh, wait in Jerusalem Until you will receive The promise of the Father The promise of the Father Which is the Holy Spirit And so they waited They waited in Jerusalem they, they stayed in Jerusalem They gathered in an upper room And while they were waiting They devoted themselves to prayer While they were waiting They devoted themselves to prayer And to seeking God Then Acts Chapter 1 begin uh chapter 2 sorry begins like this And when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place Amen Just like this evening we are all gathered together In one accord in one place we're gathered together worshiping the Lord we're gathering together uh, worshiping Jesus in one accord in one place and there is a spirit of expectation I felt it uh, all day today there's a spirit of expectation of what God is going to do in this church what God is going to do today in this place faith has risen and where there is faith anything can happen hallelujah when a child of God has faith anything can take place anything yes. can happen Amen. and the bible records in verse 2 suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind after they were gathered together in the upper room praying there was this mighty rushing wind from heaven that came and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and verse 4 says they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit of god gave The utterance hallelujah. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit the promise of the father had come the promise of the father that Jesus had talked about that he had told them was going to take place it had finally come on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was poured out. How did they know that they had received the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that they spoke in a language that they didn't know when they received the Holy Spirit they spoke in tongues. They spoke in a language that they did not know and that is how they knew that they had received the Holy Spirit. Spirit. that is how they knew that they had been filled with the Holy Ghost hallelujah Amen. hallelujah it was a sign to them and those around them that they had been filled with the spirit And the Bible says that they were dwelling in Jerusalem that day. There were Jews. There were devout men from all over the world. They were from all nations from all around the world. And they had gathered there for a feast or for a a celebration that was taking place. And so when the Spirit was poured out, the the disciples, uh, about 120 of them, spilled out into the streets. And they're worshiping God. And they believe that they're just speaking a language they don't know. They have no idea what they're doing. But... All around them are people hearing them glorifying God and worshiping him in their own language. Now, mind you, these were people that were not very smart. Like, you know, they were like me. They knew one language. <laughs> these guys didn't know more than one language. And yet when they went out and when they spilled out into the streets, they're speaking in tongues and they're speaking in these languages that they had no business knowing. Something supernatural was taking place on that day. Something amazing was, was happening in their midst that day. And there were two types of people gathered there that day there were some that made fun of them like what are you doing what, what is what is happening here but then there were others that ask questions and we're always interested in those that are going to ask questions not those that are just going to mock not those that are just going to pretend like nothing's happening but those who are going to be open to the moving of the Spirit and so they asked what does this mean what is happening And the Bible says that the Apostle Peter, he stood up with the other 11 disciples. It's the only time that they were all gathered together in the book of Acts. The only time that that they were all standing together proclaiming with one voice, one word. Isn't that amazing? It took place on that day, on the day of Pentecost. And in verse 16, it says, this is that. He's saying... This, what's taking place, this was prophesied by this guy named Joel, a prophet named Joel, many years ago. This was prophesied all the way back then, and he prophesied that there was going to be an outpouring of the Spirit. You see, this isn't something that we've made up. This isn't something that we've just made up, but this is something that has been talked about for thousands of years. Joel prophesied about it. He said that it was going to happen one day, and then that day came after Jesus said it was going to happen, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Hallelujah. And he kept preaching. He talked to them about how that Jesus was the Messiah, the people that were gathered there that day. And he proved to them that, that, that he was the Messiah. Jesus proved to them that he was the Messiah by all these miracles that he had done and, and the miraculous things that he had accomplished. And, and, and Peter said to them, you unlawfully had him killed. You had him murdered. You had him put on the cross. And listen to what Peter says in verse 33. He links what Jesus said to the disciples in in Luke 24 and what Jesus said to the disciples in Acts chapter 1. He links it all together and he says this. He says, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. You see, the outpouring of the Spirit wasn't just something that you see. It wasn't just a place that you go to watch, but it's something that you hear. Hallelujah. That means that that speaking in tongues is so very much entwined with the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Peter said at the beginning in Acts, he said that it was something that you would both see and hear. And so it wasn't just about something that was seen, but it was about something that was heard. And then Peter lifted up his voice and And he's finishing his sermon. He says, Jesus, whom you you crucified, is both Lord and Christ. The Messiah that they had waited for, the Messiah that they had looked forward to for thousands of years, had come. And they had crucified him. They had completely missed out on what God wanted to do in their life. They had completely missed out because it didn't look the way that they thought it would look. It didn't happen the way that they thought it would happen. And so they completely missed it. And he says... To them, he was both Lord and Christ. And verse 37 records that they were cut to the heart. They were upset about what they heard. They weren't too happy about this message. They were more upset about what they had done, the mistakes that they had made. And, and they said to Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What can we do? How can we fix this? You see, in that moment, they believed that Jesus was their Messiah. In that moment, they believed that he had died for them. In that moment, they believed that Jesus loved them. They had faith in that moment. They had belief in that moment because they asked, what did they need to do to fix? What did they need to do to right what had gone wrong? Peter had convinced them, but Peter hadn't finished preaching. He continued to preach. He responded to that question. He responded to that question of faith. And he said this, he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or forgiveness of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But Peter didn't stop there. He continued to preach and he said for the promise is to you, it's to your children and it's to all that are far off as many shall fall. Hallelujah. That means that the promise of the Holy Spirit is for us here today. It is for every single person. Peter didn't limit it to the people that were gathered there that day, but he said it's to you, it's to your children, and it's to all jesus that means that the holy spirit is available for you and you can receive it here today hallelujah you can be filled with the holy spirit it doesn't matter if you're australian it doesn't matter if you're australian american it doesn't matter if you're fijian it doesn't matter if you're new zealander it does not matter you can receive the gift of the holy spirit hallelujah hallelujah And so a Pentecostal church is a Spirit-filled church. A Pentecostal church is a Spirit-filled church. We believe that the promise that Jesus talked about, the promise that Peter preached about, is available to you and it's available to me. Hallelujah. And you can receive it. You can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A Pentecostal church is a Spirit-filled church. Hallelujah but we don't stop at being filled with the spirit just like the apostles didn't stop there. Verse 41 tells us that the people who received the message that Peter preached were baptized. In total, about 3,000 people that day were added to the church, amen. And so a Pentecostal church believes in the importance of baptism. A Pentecostal church believes in the importance of baptism. It is a life-changing experience when we get baptized. Hallelujah. Not because it is some sort of ritual or it it is a means by which we join a church. No, that is not why it is life-changing. But it is because our sins are remitted. Our sins are removed when we are baptized in the name of Jesus. When we go down in that water in the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. And Ananias told the apostle Peter, he said, he, he talked to him when, when he was in the process of being converted. He told him, get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He said, why are you staying here? Get up and get baptized and have your sins washed away, calling on the name of Jesus, calling on the name of the Lord. Something supernatural happens when we are baptized in the name of Jesus. Something supernatural takes place. You enter way and then you come out of that water a new creation the Bible calls it the Bible calls it a new creation the old life is gone and a new life has begun hallelujah but the Apostles didn't stop at being filled with the Spirit and baptized it says that they devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer and so a Pentecostal church believes in the Word of God It believes in fellowship, and it believes in prayer. We must be committed to learning and studying the apostles' doctrine. That is why the sermons that you hear at this church will be full of Scripture. It won't be my opinion. It won't be man's wisdom. Yes, some of those things might get mixed in at times, but these these sermons are going to be filled with the Scripture because it is the Word of God that can save us. It is the Word of God that can redeem us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why we encourage you to do a Bible study and to have daily uh, time of reading of the Word of God. It's because the Word of God can change your life. And we're going to try our best to incorporate all three of these things when we gather together. When we gather together on Sunday or if we gather together on a small group, we want to have the Word of God. And we want to spend time together just having fun, just spending time together as friends. But we also want to have some time of prayer. This combination of being spirit-filled, studying the scriptures, spending time together, and praying led to a consistent moving of the spirit, where the church saw many signs and wonders taking place. And so a Pentecostal church believes in the miraculous. A Pentecostal church believes in miracles. A Pentecostal church believes that your life can be transformed, that you can be healed, that you can. Miraculous. In fact, Jesus taught that he who believes in me, the works that I do, Jesus saying this, he says the works that I do, that person will do also the person that believes in me. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. Listen to that, because I go to my father. What happened when he went to his father? The Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers. And so if you have been filled with the Spirit of God, greater works than even what Jesus did, you can do is available to you. And so we believe But he was saying that whosoever believes, whoever believes. He didn't say... Whichever of you disciples believe in me. No, he said, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, they are going to do greater works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because they will be empowered by the Spirit of God. Paul would later talk about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he would include in those gifts the working of miracles and healing. So a Pentecostal church believes in the miraculous. And we pray for the miraculous. And we believe that it will and it shall take place hallelujah so we expect it we expect to see signs and wonders we expect to see lives change. we expect to see the miraculous take place hallelujah as long as we are praying in faith as long as we are believing in the word of God and believing in Jesus you see transformation continued to take place among the believers. And, and they began selling their property. They began selling possessions and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And so a Pentecostal church is a giving church. <laughs> when their lives were transformed, what did they do? They began to give. They began to give to others. They began to pour out to those that were around them. Now, it probably won't look the same way here when we are giving, when we're helping others. It may not look the same way as you selling your house or selling your car or or selling your clothes, selling everything that you have and putting it in a pool. You know, we're not some commune. That's not going to be taking place. Sorry, Sister Helen, that's not going to take place. Uh, But this this is going to be a giving church because our lives are transformed by the Spirit of God. And because of that, we are going to give. We're going to be generous. and it's not just about our finances. We're going to be generous with our time. We're gonna be generous with our energy. We're going to be generous with our expertise. But also with our finances, we are going to be generous. And we want to reach out into this community. We want this community to know that we exist. Not just a bunch of Christians gathering together on a Sunday. But we want the community to know that we are here and that we care about. them and that we love them and so we are going Going to be a blessing to this community, and we're not going to expect anything in return. We're going to give, expecting nothing in return. But if their hearts are open, we will minister to them. Amen. This is going to be a giving church. Hurrying to, I'm hurrying to a close. If I could get uh, my wife, Steph, if you could please come to the piano, as we finish out. The disciples, they continued in these. Godly disciplines day by day, worshiping in the temple together and praising God. And so a Pentecostal church is a worshiping church. That's probably what we're best known by, you know. Pentecostal churches around the world are known as worshiping churches. A Pentecostal church is a worshiping church. When we gather together, this place, I know it's a community hall, but when we gather together, this place becomes a house of worship. This place becomes a house of worship, a house where we can gather together and we can worship God. But we don't just worship God in this place. But wherever we go, we worship God. In small group, we worship God. When we're at work, we worship God. When we're in the community, we worship God because he is worthy of our praise. We serve a good God. We serve a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. And he is a God of mercy, he is a God of compassion, a God of love, a God that loved us even when we seemed unlovable, a God that gave himself for us even when we didn't deserve it. And because of that, we can't help but worship him. We can't help but lift him up. We can't help but praise him for all that he has done in our lives and all that he is going to do in this place. We can't help but lift up the holy name of Jesus. And so this church will be a worshiping church. It will be a worshiping church. On our good days, we will worship. On our bad days, we will worship. Today is a good day and we're going to worship. But if a bad day comes, this church will still be worshiping. We will standing. Thank you for your attention here today. As I finish with my message here today, the Lord isn't finished moving in this place. As I said, we every Sunday we will have a time of worship, we'll have a time of the preaching of the word, but we will also have a time of prayer. And that can be a time for you to pray Uh, by yourselves, where you're sitting or if you'd like to uh, have someone pray with you we invite you to come forward this place here at the front we'll refer to it as an altar it's just a place where we can gather together and pray and people can pray with you and uh, we can encourage one another finally Acts chapter 2 ends with this and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved and so finally a Pentecostal church is a church that grows. A Pentecostal church is a church that grows. Whether that growth is numerically, whether that growth is spiritual. So Stanley Harvey. He says this quite regularly at our services in Sydney. He says, we exist for those who are not here yet. And this place, this place exists for you, but it also exists for those who are not here yet. And we are going to be praying for them and we're going to believe that this church will grow because a Pentecostal church is destined to grow. That's why we're here. That's why we're worshiping. That's why we're gathering together that's why we are spending this time together it is for those who are not here yet hallelujah for those who have never heard the good news that Jesus came to set them free but turning our attention to here tonight every single one of us has an opportunity to grow in this place if the Lord has spoken to you here today through the ministry of the word maybe he's challenged you to give To someone and share the good news that you already have. But every single one of us can grow in this place. And so I want to give you an opportunity as we have this time of prayer, as we spend some time in worship and we meditate on the preached word of God, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. But let me pray with you first, and then you can continue to pray where you're at, or if you'd like to come forward, we'd love to pray with you. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this place, God. We thank you you have accomplished in this house and how you have moved on the hearts of the people here today and Lord we've come into this place expecting you to do a work in our hearts and in the lives of the people gathered here today and so I pray that you would continue to move in this place that you would minister to every heart of oh God Lord that we would see miracles signs and wonders take place oh God that we would see an outpouring of your spirit in this place and in this city of hope in this community on the central coast, oh God, I pray Lord Jesus, that you would work in our hearts, that you would use us to be your hands and your feet in this place, oh God, hallelujah in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah, let's just spend some time in prayer and and reflecting on the word if you want to come forward and pray, we'd love to pray with you but there's no pressure Uh, pray wherever you would like